The world is facing an ecological crisis and mass extinction. Committed to a responsible business, Hogan Lovells is supporting one of the most fascinating and successful initiatives to create a sustainable future. I'm Mareike van Oosting and you're listening to the Rewilding Hogan Lovells podcast. We're in Karelia. That's in the east of Finland, close to the Russian border, about a five-hour drive from Helsinki. Here, in a village of 300 souls at the periphery of Europe, one of the most innovative nature restoration projects is unfolding, supported by Hogan Lovells. So we are currently on the lake Lipaslampi, internationally relevant river system that starts here. We are here with a group of students waiting for them to lift the nets. They will come back shortly and the nets have been staying out the whole night and they are special Nordic nets. By surveying the numbers, the size, we can try to deduct how the lake is doing. So we are really at the start of a completely new process. There is a system of three lakes, and this is probably a seven-year project that's starting right now. So I'll be over 50 when we are completed, but in any case, these take years. We are having a controlled, methodologically sound tools like the Nordic test nets that are approved by the governmental accreditation on fish surveys to determine and complement how this lake is doing. And once we have done that baseline work, once we have taken the pulse in a way, are you still alive kind of pulse, <laughs> then we can determine and decide what to do. Tero Mastonen shows us around this morning. He's a fisherman holding a PhD, a passionate defender of traditional cultures and village chief. He and his wife Kaisu are the founders of the Snow Change Cooperative, a pioneering organization in the field of nature conservation. Linnunsuo, the marsh mire of the bird. And Selkie located in Kontiolahti, North Karelia. One of the oldest, I believe second oldest human settlement in uh, North Karelia that we know of. And Selkie, like many of the villages in this part of Finland, were really the outposts or key areas in Finland that preserved old growth boreal habitats all the way until 1960s and 70s. And at that time, the government of Finland initiated a nationwide program on improvement for forestry production. However, it was in 1980s that the government-owned company called Vapo started to work on utilizing peatlands for energy burning. And at that time in Finland, there was no system of environmental checks and balances. These kind of concepts for biodiversity or climate change issues or water protection were non-existent or very weak. And that industrial mining of peat took place between 1980s and 2010. Then a dramatic turn happened in 2010. 
following a thunderstorm in early summer. And it meant that large amount of water traveled in the channels and ditches of this peatland interacted with very acidic soils. On scientific terms, it was pH 2.77, and these are usually numbers that you can't find in natural environments. Then we contacted the local newspapers, um, the local radio came, and they were very supportive for our cause. We alarmed the officials and the company of the fish death events and showed that it all mostly leaked out of this site. It was quite lovely. They came and they had all these special suits on and everything. And, and I think that was also something that caused some attention because that's not something you do very easily in Finland. Then things started to roll. And then Vapo said that, okay, we don't have much peat in that site anymore. We will pull out and we'll work with you to make it better. And then we started slowly building. People who use the water, who go fishing, the moment when they start to trust these uh, projects and these actions is that when they see that something is actually happening in the water, that you see that your nets are not that dirty as they used to be. You see that there's good fish stock in the river. If you try to get everyone involved, when you can justify that these actions actually make sense. Nobody wants to pollute the water. Nobody really wants to kill the fish. What started off as a big drama with polluted rivers and dying fish turns into a constructive collaboration to repair the damages. And not only that. The site of Linensuo develops into a ground for experimentation and another rewilding project. Taro and his team know what is needed to create the right conditions for nature to make a comeback. And they can put this into action thanks to financial support from Hogan Lovells. After those baseline actions of framing, we are leaving things as they are. Here comes the key. We trust nature again. We trust nature to repopulate or bring back those key ecosystem functions that used to be there. And it seems that nature is trusting those sites, because, for example, on Linnosuo, which is the Hogan Lovell site, it is very unexpected that in seven years we were able to come to a figure of 195 bird species. And while we are using northern pintail and wood sandpiper as kind of more mainstream breeding success and ecological indicators that we have published in scientific journals, it is also a remarkable habitat for rare birds. This spring in May, we had long-billed dew-witcher, which is a very rare wading bird in the Arctic, and it's been seen in Finland only seven times, but it came here. I mean, seven times in whole history of Finland. Those are critical indicators of something functions, something works. We do well. We protect the small pretty well. That's wonderful. Because it's the best thing you can do. I'm very lucky that I'm able to do this work that I'm doing. But actually doing something to make it better and not get stuck to how bad it is, how everything is eroding and there's less and less biodiversity and 
but there's also something that's super comforting in the finished nature that it can recover and it can come back if you just give it a little space to see that. There's really nothing else that I would like to do. We are doing this in a new way that will combine the best science with the best of our traditional wisdom and knowledge for survival of this planet. And the early messages and the early results that we have seen is that the Earth wants to heal and it's working. We are just at the very start of our long marathon, but that's a tremendous news that humanity can succeed. It will just require immense shift in our mind and ultimately then we need a little bit of resources. But there's a window. For once, humans are not at the origin of a doomsday narrative of destruction, but rather the creators of a new wild. Improvements in water quality in lakes and rivers allow fish stocks to recover and 195 bird species have returned to the site. Carbon concentrations significantly diminished and local traditions can thrive again. Listen to our final episode on science and traditional wisdom and how this work is unfolding.